Today I'd like to talk about the Sabbath. And I want to divide this up into two talks. And I'm going to call this talk Rest. So beginning with Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. And this passage comes at the end of a very long day for Jesus. There's been lots of teaching. There's interaction with crowds of people. It's been busy. And this is what it says in verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let me start with an image that comes from Herman Melville's book, Moby Dick. It's a particularly turbulent scene. The boat, the skiff, if you like, has been uh, launched. The whalers are out on the ocean in the hot pursuit of the great white whale, Moby Dick. The froth is all around, the sailors are laboring, there's um, uh, every, every single muscle is taut, all their attention energy is concentrated on what they're doing, it's dangerous work. And in a sense here you have uh, what Melville trying to portray, the cosmic conflict between good and evil, the chaotic sea, the demonic sea monster versus the morally outraged Captain Ahab. But in this little boat, on this um, churning ocean, there is one man who does nothing. He doesn't hold an oar, he doesn't perspire, he doesn't shout. He, he is the harpooner, quiet, poised, waiting. And then comes this sentence from Melville. To ensure the greatest efficiency in the dart, the harpooners of this world must start to their feet out of idleness and not out of toil. What Melville is saying is that there has to be a sense of presence, there has to be a calmness, that he starts from a place of rest, not from a place of being totally exhausted from toiling. And so, as we've looked at in the past couple of weeks, uh, the, the talks on slowing and what I called quiet and alone, the, the, the sense of, of solitude and silence. Um, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. There are these echoes in this um, sentence. Or from Isaiah 30 verse 15, which says, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Now, in the past, I've mentioned that the um, Jewish people 
recognize the beginning of the day as the sun sets, that evening uh, signals the beginning, and that the day, day actually begins with falling into rest. It doesn't begin in the morning with a, hang, a, a frantic rush to get everything ready and to get going. Rest is the starting place, and it's the same with their week. Uh, Shabbat, the Sabbath, is the beginning of the week. And I think that's how it should be with us, that the sense of Sabbath, the sense of rest, should be how we begin our weeks. It should be how our days start. That we face all these massive battles and all the stresses of life, we, we face it from a position of rest. We launch, if you like, in, in Melville's language, we launch from a place of rest, not from a place of anxiety or exertion. And I think it's important that the sense of rest is not, it's important to notice that it's not at the end of something. It's not something that we've earned. It's not something that comes to us when we've done all our work. Rest is given. Rest is, in a very real sense, resurrection. It's a new beginning, a new creation. G.K. Chesterton uh, is quoted in one of his auto, uh, in one of his biographers, there is this quote from, from him which says this, and I'll read it to you. What has really happened during the last seven days and nights? Question he asks. Seven times we have been dissolved into darkness, as we shall be dissolved into dust. Our very selves, so far as we know, have been wiped out of the world of the living things. And seven times we have been raised alive like Lazarus and found all our limbs and senses unaltered with the coming of the day. This sense of the beginning of the eighth day, the beginning of a new day, the springing out of rest, of being resurrected, of new creation, that we begin everything, every day, from a place of rest, that everything in life begins from resurrection. Now, if we go back further and we go all the way into Genesis 1 and 2, the story of the Bible starts with, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then after six days of working to get the entire universe up and running, we read this in Genesis 2, verse 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. It's interesting for me that God rests. This is not something that he has to do, but he just rests. Now, we'll come to this in a second, but... I want us to, to grasp this, that it's God himself who rests. And I think in doing so, what he does is he builds into the very DNA of creation a tempo, a beat, if you like, that you work for six and you rest for one. Now, what does the writer of, of Genesis mean by rested? I don't think it means that God was tired or burnt out or that at the end of all of this creativity and um, exertion, he was depleted in any way. 
What the Hebrew word Shabbat means is take a break, stop. In essence, it's, it's, it's like just stop, stop what you're doing right now. And that's part of it, I suppose. And we will look at that in a few minutes as well. But it can also be equally translated to delight. And it has this dual idea of stopping, but also of celebrating uh, God and the and, and our lives in this world of an entire day that we stop and celebrate and set aside to follow God's example, to stop and delight. To stop, to delight. To delight in the world he has made, our lives in it, and above all, for us to delight in God. Dan Allender uh, in a book he wrote recently, said this. The Sabbath, it's a bit of a long quotation, but I think it sums up everything here. The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. The day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in all its fullness. Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it, to make it holy, because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone in a week. quite a powerful statement that and all this is rooted in the fact that God himself rested he rested he stopped he set aside uh, this time to delight in his world in his creation in what had been done but I want you to notice something else which I've only just recently um, become aware of and I think is rather special notice what else God did he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So not only does he rest, but he blesses it and he makes it holy. And I think when we understand, I, I, I just found this quite remarkable, this whole thing of God blessing um, this day. In the Genesis story, there are three things. In Genesis 1 and 2, there are three things that God blesses. To start with, he blesses the animal kingdom um, with an invocation to be fruitful and multiply in verse 22. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number, etc. Secondly, the second thing he blesses is humanity. In verse 27 and 28 it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And then it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. There's this double blessing in chapter 1 and then at the beginning of chapter 2 God blesses the Sabbath so God blesses the animals he blesses human humanity and then he blesses a day so what do you think that suggests well maybe here's a suggestion I think perhaps it means that the Sabbath like the animal kingdom or the human beings have a life-giving capacity to regenerate, to procreate, 
to fill the world up with more life. So we could say, yes, life is tiring. Um, you get to the end of the week and even if you love your job, you can still be worn down at every level, emotionally, spiritually and so on. The Sabbath is how we fill our souls back up with life. So the first thing is, God blessed this day. And then the second thing is that he says, it's holy. Have you ever thought about that? That you could call a day holy. That would have been a very jarring um, thing to have said to the original audience in the in the ancient Near East uh, the gods were found in the world of space things places not in time they were found in a holy temple or a holy mountain or a rock or a shrine but this God this one true God the creator God is not found in a place but in a day, in time, in other words, everywhere. If you want to go and meet this God, you don't have to make a pilgrimage to some vast off place and um, bow down there. You just have to set aside time, time every week, a Shabbat, to stop long enough to rest, to delight, to experience him. So there is a day that is blessed, that is holy, a rhythm in creation, six and one if you like. And when we tap into this kind of rhythm, we experience health and life. Now, when we, when we start to do this, when we love to rest and we delight when we when we, we we get ourselves to a place where we're doing that, we experience um, an inflowing from God, but when we lose rest and Sabbath, we lose a sense of spiritual well-being and it's a two-way street. It's not so much that we keep the Sabbath, but that the Sabbath actually keeps us the sense of rest and delight this Placing ourselves in a position to experience the living God keeps us whole, keeps us sane, keeps us spiritually alive, where we can experience him at every level of our very being, his presence, his glory. So genuine Sabbaths are not just a string of you can't do anything else, thou shalt not, if you like, but a string of celebrations, as that quote from Alanda said just now. It opens us up to really and truly living. And so it's a two-way street. For those who come to a place at the end of our work where we are weary, Sabbath or, or, or sabbatical is an island of rest in a sea of stress, an island of calm in a sea of chaos. But it also creates a place, and this is really important, it also creates a place for God to find a resting place in us, amongst his people. I want to just briefly read to you from 
2 Chronicles and from Isaiah. I could read others, but in 2 Chronicles, with the dedication of the temple, David prays. And he says that he wants his eyes to be open, his ears attentive. Um, and he says in verse 41, 2 Chronicles 6, 41. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, to your resting place. And then he talks about the ark and the priests and 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 as they dedicate the temple, David's prayer is that God will come and find his resting place, that he will delight in he will he will inhabit this place and rest there. Isaiah in chapter sixty six, right towards the end of Isaiah, where in verse one it says, Heaven is my throne, and this is what the Lord is saying. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where then is, is a house you could build for me? And where is a place I may rest? For I made all things, and, and as he goes on. And so there is this real sense that in the temple there is, there is a place where God rests. And he then is speaking to Israel and saying, where can I rest? And as we go into the New Testament, and we know that Paul talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit, where God comes and rests with us. He delights in us. And so there's this double meaning of not only we finding rest in God, but God rests in us and finds his resting place amongst his people. That as we keep Sabbath, as we stop, as we rest, as we delight, as we make time, as we are silent and alone, as we slow, his presence, his life-giving presence, his Shekinah, his glory, rests with us. And I think that's one of the great freedoms of the kingdom of God, this freedom to enjoy, to rest, to play, fra family, friends. Um, uh, that whole quote that I had just now from uh, Alenda, let me just get it for you, where he says, um, I can't find it now, here we are where he says Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, pray, play, dance, have sex, sing, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, watch creation in all its fullness. Sabbath isn't just something we have to do. It's not just a discipline. It's a place where we find ourselves renewed, where we are recreated, where there's new creation and resurrection. Jesus was accused of being a Sabbath breaker. You remember the, the disciples are walking through a field and they picked grain and there were other times when he healed. But he said, you know, you've inverted this thing. Um, he said, you've got it all wrong. You trying to keep the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath actually that keeps you. So what Jesus does, I think, in terms of, he doesn't just teach, but he lives with his disciples, showing them how they ought to live. And that's why I read Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41 with you earlier on. He, he, he knew how to insert the sense of rest into his day, into his life, into the chaotic schedule that, that actually his life became towards the end. He knew when to declare a moment, an hour, a day, and say, stop. I need rest. I need to be. And so in 
Mark 4 verse 35, it, he, essentially, he essentially says, stop, I'm out of here at the end of the day. This situation requires a change of pace, and so he declares a downtime. He doesn't say, oh, when things get slower, I'll take a rest, or um, he doesn't plan an elaborate getaway. He just on the spot says, let's leave. Leave the crowd behind, leave the noise, leave the chaos, um, and abandons himself to his father. There's no gradual release in that sense. Um, he just takes a cushion and goes to sleep in the back of a boat, no matter what is going on around him, including this incredible storm. It's one of the most dramatic miracle stories I think there is, uh, where the disciples basically say, don't you care if we drown? But there he is, asleep, resting in his father, vulnerable, um, just being in the back of a boat and fast asleep. Resting. And I think resting is a divine prerogative that we've seen in Genesis 2 verse 2. It's not a sign of weakness or frailty or laziness. It's just a sense of, of being able to trust ourselves and to relinquish, relinquish control over our lives long enough for God to catch up with us. For God to rest in our lives. Herman Melville, let me end with, end with this again. He says, to ensure the greatest efficiency of the dart, harpooners of this world must start their feet out of idleness and not out of toil. I have a feeling that we don't experience God, that we are not open to him in our lives because we don't stop long enough. We don't rest and delight in him enough. If we're exhausted, if we've abandoned our assignment, if we've become what we aren't supposed to be, then we are too tired, too exhausted, too busy to do anything that is useful. We have to begin with rest, with Sabbath. And so, as you think about these things, a couple of questions, maybe. Firstly, how could you possibly keep Shabbat? How could you begin to see a day of rest? How would you insert small sabbaticals into your daily routine, your weekly routine? How could you do it? That's the first question. Second question, what perhaps do you need to actually stop to take a rest from and then finally more positively what would you do for 24 hours that would fill your soul with joy looking forward to seeing you on sunday god bless